little becomes much in the master's hands. Uh, yeah, the little you have in your hand, uh, if you put that in the master's hand, he's able to multiply. God always likes taking our natural and adding his super to it and doing something supernatural. Welcome to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you're with us today as we continue our look at John chapter 6 and a message called, What's in Your Hand? And Pastor, I, I think very often we can get hung up on this point because we think when we do offer something to God, if he doesn't do with it what we wanted him to do with it, if it didn't play out the way that we wanted it to play out, um, sometimes we can uh, kind of think, well, is, is God really at work in that way? And sometimes I think it's in hindsight that we actually see how he really was at work in that. Yeah. Well, you know, the old adage is true. Hindsight is always twenty twenty, And that's where the trust factor comes in, that do you really trust God? Okay, so what has more value for me than anything else I possess? I have an eternal soul. Yeah. It's an argument from the greater to the lesser. If I can trust God with my eternal soul, you mean I can't trust him with my wallet, my credit cards? Yeah. You mean I can't trust him with my illnesses and my sickness? You mean I can't trust him with my family? Uh, with my issues, with my job, with my education. Uh, you know, there's a dead monkey on the line somewhere. Yeah. If I say I'm going to trust God for this greater, but I'm having a problem trusting him for the lesser, I just put a post on Facebook. Now, I'm not on a whole lot. Uh, but I just like to use it for evangelistic purpose and to build up believers. Mm -hmm. So here's what I put on Facebook. I put on Facebook. I know I'm strange, but how is it that I say I have a faith that can get me to heaven and it can't even get me to Bible study on Wednesday night? Hmm. How is it that I say that I believe I'm going to walk with God up there, but can't worship with him two hours down here? Yeah. How can I say I'll walk with God in heaven and afraid to walk to the bus stop. You see, so it's yep. like, yeah. wait a minute, what's going on here? It's an argument from the greater to the lesser. If you begin to think about it, okay, I've trust God with my eternal soul. I saw the far side. It was really funny. Uh, so he had the preacher baptizing a guy. It was just one frame uh -huh. and the preacher's taking him down, but his wallet is in his hand above the water. <laughs> <laughs> so he's trusting oh, yeah. with everything, but, but the wallet. Yeah. It, and that's something that all of us may be tempted to do. So we're going to uh, look at this whole idea that we've been talking about here from John chapter 6. If you can, join us there as we continue this message, What's in Your Hand? Here's Pastor Ford. Little girl was sobbing outside of a small church. Uh, the pastor, Pastor Conway, this is at the turn of the century, the 20th century, not the 21st. And uh, she was crying, and so he went over to her and said, what's, what's wrong? Why are you crying? She said, I went to Sunday school, and they said it was too crowded, so I couldn't go in. The pastor looked at her, shabby, unkempt appearance, and knew what was going on. 
And so he took her by the hand, took her to the Sunday school class so that she could learn about the Jesus that she loved. After the Sunday school class, she was so touched by what she was taught about the Lord that she went to bed that night thinking and praying, asking God to provide more space so that children like her could go to Sunday school and learn about Jesus. Some two years later, this young girl was found dead in her tenement house by her family. The parents called for the kind-hearted pastor, you know, who had befriended their daughter, to handle the final arrangements. He did that. Uh, when they lifted up her little body, uh, they found a worn and crumpled red purse uh, that was under her. In the purse was 57 cents and a note that said, this is a contribution that I've saved over the last two years to be given to the church to provide space for more children to learn about Jesus at Sunday school. Go ahead, you can say, oh. And uh, it's a true story, by the way. Uh, the pastor took that crumpled up red purse to his congregation and that note, told her story and read it, and the congregation uh, gathered up together $250,000. Now, I tried to find out from Google what that would be in today's money, couldn't find out. But back then, at the turn of the 20th century, that was a lot of money. But there was a reporter in the audience, and he got a hold of it, and he put it in the paper, and things began to happen. A realtor read the paper report and said to the pastor, I have some land that's adjacent to your property. I'm willing to sell it to you. The pastor said, we can't afford it. We're just a small church. He said, I'll take 57 cents. And so they got the property. Uh, so now, uh, if you go to a book entitled Acres of Diamonds by Pastor Conwell, you will find a story that says what God can do with 57 cents. Oh, oh like Paul Harvey said, I need to tell you the rest of the story. Uh, because that church was Temple Baptist Church in Philadelphia. I was there. Temple Baptist Church in Philadelphia, small storefront church. This is what it looks like now. It seats 3,003 people from her 57 cents. But from her 57 cents, this church started a school which became a university. It's now Temple University, which has over 3,000 students what God can do with 57 cents. But wait a minute, uh, they got together, Temple Baptist Church and Temple University, and decided we need a hospital, and so they started Good Samaritan Hospital. That's what God can do with 57 cents. But yet, it doesn't stop there because her dream was Sunday school space big enough for any child to come, and now they built a Sunday school, separate Sunday school building that houses over 2,000 children. What God can do with 57 cents. Wow, that's amazing. Little becomes much in the master's hands. Yeah, the little you have in your hand, because the title of the message is, what's in your hand? The emphasis is on your hand. 
If you put that in the master's hand, he's able to multiply. God always likes taking our natural and adding his super to it and doing something supernatural. I ain't going to get no help in here, but that's all right. I'm going to preach it anyway. He takes what you have in your hand and uses it to do what you could never do as long as you keep it in your hand. He can do more when it's in his hand. Yeah, yeah, God said it. Exodus chapter 4, verse 2. Moses, what's in your hand? Moses said, a rod, a shepherd's rod. And God said, all right. Well, then at the end of the chapter, the rod of Moses, verse 2, becomes the rod of God. Why? Because he took what was in his hand and he put it in God's hand. And see, in his hand, all he could do was lead some sheep. Uh, But in God's hand, God would open up the Red Sea. He took his natural, put his super with it and uh, began to do some supernatural things that the rod of God now, that's who it belongs to, is in Moses' hand. I thought it was yours, Moses. No, I gave it to God and God put his super with my natural and now it's the rod of God. It's in my hand. Oh, y'all ain't going to pray with me. It's in my hand. But God is using it for his glory, his purposes. I'm telling you that God likes to use what's in your hand. And so what? Is there anything too hard for God? Here's the question on the floor. Have you factored God into your equation? Have you given him your stuff? Sarah laughed. I would have too. If you'd have told me at 90 years old uh, she was going to have a baby, can you imagine the conversation she with her girlfriends? Ain't nobody got no teeth. Girl, what you been doing? I've been crocheting. I've been knitting. Well, Sarah, what you getting ready to do? Have a baby? Girl, please. Viagra ain't been invented yet. Abraham's 100 years old. Yeah, but I was laughing. And and I was laughing when God said I was. And he said, is there anything too hard for me? And I began to think about it. No, there isn't. So I gave him my dead, dry, empty womb. And God put his super with my natural. And I had to name him Isaac because it means laughter. I named him Ayuk. And so here it is. Have you factored God into your equation yet? What's in your hand? Yeah, in John chapter 6, verses 1 through 15, Jesus, the theme, teaches his disciples how to minister to hungry and hurting people. Now, we saw last week, and I don't have time to go over everything, but by providing their example in verses 1 through 5, he provided their example. In other words, remember, uh, uh, this morning, I offered $100 to anybody uh, that could stand up and give me all five of the situations that was going on in Jesus' life and nobody took me up on it. Nope. They were here this morning. Nope. But you remember, if you don't, just get the tape, that Jesus had some things going on. He was tired. They had tried to kill him. They had beheaded John the Baptist. He had all these things going on, yet he ministered not out of his convenience and comfort. He ministered when it was inconvenient. He ministered when it was uncomfortable. He was providing their example. Let me just say this and bottom line it. I'm so proud. I I said it earlier in the other message. I said, I'm going to save it for the message. I'm so proud of Christ Bible Church. Ask me why, ask me why, ask me why. 
Because on Thanksgiving, over 40 people left their homes on Thanksgiving morning and came to minister to people who were hurting and homeless and helpless in this church building. That they came. As a matter of fact, we had two families that brought their whole family. Yeah, inconvenience themselves. Well, everybody said, it's Thanksgiving. I'm going to stay home. I ain't going to be messing with no folk today. These people said, hey, it's an opportunity for us. Let's go and let's, let's minister. And so we, we ministered to over 300 people. We gave out over 100 winter coats. We gave out over 40 turkeys that these people, if you could have seen what was going on, I was so proud. I couldn't get my head through the double doors when I left. Everybody that was here, stand up, stand up. Everybody was here, everybody that helped, stand up, stand up, stand up. Come on, let's give them a hand. Let's praise God for them. That's what I'm talking about. That's what Jesus did. Hey, that was a family day. Hey, they work. It's the only day they got off. Some of them had to go to work on Friday. Help me preach this. Look at your name. Say, neighbor. A vessel that doesn't serve is just an ornament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, the church is not a social clubhouse. The church is a spiritual lighthouse. That's what the church is. And we need to realize uh, that Jesus provided their example. He always modeled his message. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford, a message called What's in Your Hand? Hey, if uh, you're a regular listener to this program, by now you probably know that we're a listener-supported ministry, and that's exactly what it sounds like. We depend on those who listen to the program to give so that we can continue to bring you Pastor Ford's teaching each and every day. So if this uh, program is part of your routine, whether you listen on the radio, through the podcast, or the Moody Radio app, we're glad that you've connected with us and want to ask you to give a gift. You help us cover things like production costs and airtime and other behind-the-scenes things. You can give online by coming to our website. It is treasuredtruthradio.org. Click on the Donate button. It can be an ongoing monthly gift or a one-time gift. Again, that's at treasuredtruthradio.org and click on Donate. Let's get back to the message. Here is Pastor Ford. Then we saw, number two, he was probing their faith. Look at verse 6. And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. And we said, listen, let me just, let me just move on. I got to move on. I get these other two points in. Listen, listen. God proves us that he may improve us. Think about this. You've been with me now at least two years. How do you know that? Because this is the second Passover. It is second Passover in the Gospel of John. So one Passover a year, now it could be, but he didn't start on Passover. So at least two years. Now, what have they seen Jesus do? They seen him turn water into wine. They seen him heal a rich man's son. They seen him raise the dead. Here's what Jesus is saying. You've been with me through difficult situations. I got you a job once, you just lost it. Can I get you another one? Then why are you tripping? Why are you flipping? Why are you slipping? Because if I did it before and you know I'm able to do it again, because what I did once, I can do again. So then take a chill pill. Come on. Come on. Did he heal your body before? Yeah. Then he can heal your body again. Yeah. Did he get you your last boo? Yeah. Then he can get you your new boo. Because your last boo ain't your last boo. Unless you're married. 
And so here it is. What will you do now? I do it to test you. Will you look to me? Their response. Two responses. Now, you've never had these kind of responses. Listen to the response. We only have 200 denarii. Here's what I have is inadequate and insufficient. What are they among so many? Here's the, here's the second one, response. What I can do is insufficient and inadequate. And here's the thing. They're looking to themselves when Jesus wants them to look to him. Like, why are you looking to yourself? I'm doing this. I already know what I'm going to do. Has it ever occurred to you that nothing has ever occurred to God? That he knows the end from the beginning because he set it up that way? The text tells us this situation didn't catch Jesus by surprise. Now think about this. Every sign we've seen so far, did any of it catch him by surprise? No, the wine ran out. I was having a conversation. Conversation was something like this. Wait a minute. Jesus, the wine ran out? Them people didn't prepare properly? That's not what I believe. No, no, they prepared. They knew how many people were in their village. But remember, check this out. Jesus showed up, and by that time he had seven disciples. The text says Jesus was invited. Where's the invitation for the disciples? So it appears by implication, not by text, it appears that one of the reasons they don't have enough wine is not just because there was somebody who had three or four glasses more than what they should have had. Oh, y'all ain't feeling that, huh? Y'all don't know nothing about that, huh? Yeah, y'all don't know nothing about that but that there's seven other guests that weren't invited. So I submit to you, Jesus is part of the reason why they ran out of wine. Because he was setting it up so that he could turn water into wine. What you're going through right now, Jesus is setting it up. You don't know what's going to happen. But while you try to figure it out, God done already worked it out. He done worked it out. He knows what he's going to do. He's got that healing. It's waiting for you. you got the revelation. Wait for the manifestation. He knows what he's going to do. And that's what Jesus wanted. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. I'm already preaching. I, I, I don't care. And so look at it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, the disciples were looking at the problem not understanding that the problem solver is right there. The way we see the problem often is the problem. Okay, there was a guy, he's a Christian, he's on a boat. The boat sinks, he's the only survivor. He praises God, everybody else is gone, I survived. But he's on an uninhabited island, small. And he says, Lord, you gotta get me out of here. You you saved my life on the boat, but you got to get me out of there off this island. He begins to look around the island, gets a little stick, sharpens it up, goes out spear fishing to sustain itself. He's there one week, two weeks, three weeks. No ships go by because it's an unmarked island. He's praying. He's asking God, please, please get me out of here. And God doesn't seem to answer. You remember when he was on the boat and it says he was asleep 
You know, I always call that the silence of the lambs. They said, Master, don't you care that we perish? Wake up. But remember where he was? It says he was in the hinder part of the ship on a pillow. Now, you got to put on your Greek glasses. Hinder part of the ship, that's where the rudder is. That's where the direction is controlled. But the pillow was not the regular word for pillow. It was the word for captain's pillow. Just because he's not speaking doesn't mean he's not serving. He's in control. He knew what he was going to do. And so this man got some wood and made himself a hut. Four weeks go by, five weeks go by, and so he's out fishing. He comes back. He had left his little fire, and it had jumped out and got on the hut, and his hut caught on fire. He says, that's injury to insult. Look at what you do. What I tell you, how you see the problem often is the problem. Why'd you do this? Okay, I know you saved my life, but now I'm here. I'm stranded. I'm never going to get off. Now you burn up whatever I have to cover myself from the sun in the day and to shield myself from the wind at night. Next morning, a ship pulls in. He's all excited. Oh, thank you, Lord. I'm sorry for everything I ever said. Oh, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. They came in. He got on the boat. He said, oh, man, I'm so glad you guys came here. How did you know I was here? They said, we saw your smoke signal. <laughs> While you trying to figure it out, God done already work it out. Yeah. Yeah, how you see the problem. It's easy to get discouraged when all resources are inadequate and insufficient, but God is at work in our lives, especially in the midst of our fear and our doubt. When we say it's impossible, God says what is impossible with men is possible with God. I, I shared your story this morning, sis. You gave me carte blanche permission. Dr. Love, I'm talking to you. I shared your story where you came and told me I'm going to finish my master's and now I don't work on my doctorate. I said, Oh, yeah, when you start in school, I don't know, I don't have any money. Then you came back a few weeks later and said, I had prayed and asked God to provide, and he did. I'm getting a free ride for my doctorate. And now she is Dr. Lynette Love. Yeah, because God took what was in her hand, put it in his hand, made it supernatural, and whoop, there it is. That's what God is doing. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford, a message called What's in Your Hand from John chapter 6. Glad you've tuned in today, and I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you. If so, we'd love to hear about it. You can always give us your feedback when you come to treasuretruthradio.org. Recently heard from a listener named Mandy in Wyoming who says, Just a note to let Pastor Ford know that he's got friends in Wyoming. Thank you for putting the Jesus twist on things and for all that you do. Love the program. Mandy, thanks for letting us know that you're out there, that you're listening, and that Pastor Ford's teaching is making a difference in your life. If that's true of you, and we've never heard from you before, would you uh, let us know that you're out there and that you're listening? Come to treasuretruthradio.org and click on the contact link. You know, maybe as you've been listening, the Bible teaching has made a, a difference in some specific area of your life. Maybe it's helped you heal a relationship, strengthen your marriage, get your finances under control, or even introduce you to the person of Jesus and begin a relationship with him. Man, we'd love to know your story. Again, you can come to our website, click on that contact link and share that story with us. Our website address is treasuretruthradio.org. Well, thanks for listening today. Thanks to our producers, Amy Rios and Ryan McConaughey. 
For Pastor Ford, I'm Steve Hiller. Treasured Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.